0: From the capital city, I'm Ken Smith. Martin Luther King Jr. Day is Monday, a federal holiday. It's also a day of service when Americans across the country volunteer to serve their local communities. AmeriCorps is leading the effort across the nation, as it has for the past quarter century in conjunction with the King Center. Alaska residents are assisting to serve their communities across the state and southeast in Juneau, Sitka, and Ketchikan. Lisa Bogard is the AmeriCorps program director in Juneau. She says they have five AmeriCorps members and volunteers to assist with the two programs they have planned for Monday.
1: We joined forces with the Southeast Alaska Food Bank, and um, we are cooking lunch for the Glory Hall for up to 70 residents on Martin Luther
0: King Day. And they joined up with another organization in Juneau to hold a commodities drive.
1: Simultaneously, along with that, we've joined forces with the Black Awareness Association, who are doing a commodities drive um, at St. Paul's on Monday as well.
0: Bogut urges people to get involved as a volunteer and assist in donations.
1: The thing that I would like to encourage people the most is please don't view it as a day off. Please view it as a day on and go out and support your community in some volunteer capacity. And the biggest thing that folks could help with is to show up at St. Paul's and make generous donations. I know the Black Awareness Association has put out um, a thing on their Facebook webpage showing the kinds of things they're collecting. This year they're focused on... Um, the Glory Hall and the Spruce Root House, which is a youth homeless shelter, and they're in need of things like um, underwear and toothpaste and deodorant and water bottles and feminine hygiene products. And that's the focus of the commodities drive.
0: And Sitka AmeriCorps members will be hosting a volunteer appreciation event for those generous souls who volunteer with Brave Heart, a nonprofit community-based organization offering end-of-life care and support and a lot more. And in Ketchikan, members will organize the community cleanup of a beachfront area on Saturday at 2417 Tungus Avenue along the waterfront from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Representative Sarah Hannon was a guest on Action Line this week. She's serving in her third term. Hannon shed light on the challenges this year for the House to select a speaker Relating it to her first term when a speaker had not been chosen.
2: You need 21 votes. It's a 40-member legislature, so you need 21 to organize. And in 2018, after that election cycle, uh, there were not 21 votes who all united about behind one speaker. Uh, We went 30 30 or 31 days in 2019 before we organized and uh, re-elected to be Speaker uh, Bryce Edgman from Dillingham, who had been the Speaker in the previous session. She says that without a Speaker, there
0: are challenges and decisions that can't be made as legislators prepare for the session, but they have found ways in the past to remain a functioning legislature.
2: So without that, um, we came up ways to... Uh, agree to do things to keep everything flowing and um, had a speaker pro tem to go do the swearing in. So we were not stalled out like Congress was without being able to have even members sworn in. We swore members in on that first day with a speaker pro tem, but we couldn't get to 21 votes.
0: This is the third legislative session in a row that there's been a delay in the process of selecting a House speaker. Cannon explains that the delays in the past and present to select one are the results of an equally
2: divided legislature. A tie in the legislature is a fail right? You have to have more votes. So to even advance a bill, you've got to have 21 votes, even if you're not going to pass it, but to move it from second reading to third reading for passage. So you want more than 21 members. We functioned last, uh, the 32nd legislature in the house with a 21 member governing coal caucus. Um, and we'll see, you know, but the reason we aren't is because we are equally divided in political numbers.
0: After tidal surges and high winds from the remnants of a rare typhoon causing extensive damage to homes along Alaska's western coast in September, the U.S. government stepped in to help residents, largely Alaska natives, repair property damage. Residents who opened Federal Emergency Management Agency paperwork expecting to find instructions on how to file for aid in Alaska Native languages like Yupik or Inupiaq, instead were reading bizarre phrases. Jazz Garrett has this report.
3: Government officials say documents aimed at helping Alaska Natives apply for aid following typhoon damage last fall featured nonsensical phrases instead of useful instructions. The documents were poorly translated into Alaska Native languages Yupik and Inupiaq. One phrase read, Your husband is a polar bear, skinny. The Federal Emergency Management Agency quickly fired the California company responsible and corrected the documents, but the incident has been an ugly reminder for Alaska Natives of the Supreme of their culture and languages from decades past. Former Interior official Tara Sweeney, who is a is calling for a congressional oversight hearing into the practices of government contractor translators.
0: State Senator Jesse Keough was on action line. He talked about the supermajority group. The June Commerce Luncheon returned after a holiday break with its first speaker of the new year. And the winter flu numbers are in, and they are high. We'll have those stories up next on News of the North. Welcome back to News of the North. State Senator Jesse Kale of Juneau was on Action Line. He is part of the Supermajority Group, which met last weekend in Girdwood. He describes the makeup of the group. Our leadership team is eight, eight of the 20 members of the Senate. I'll tell you why. what that's going to do. Um, it, it's really going to mean that you have to go out and work your ideas and get your votes. We have an agreement that um, you're not going to be able to do this with just one party's votes, right? There's 11 Republicans in the Senate when you include the minority. Um, and, and you have to have some kind of bipartisan support. Kale says, cooperation within the group representing different regions of the state, is important to its success. What that effectively means is somebody from every region of the state is going to have to be with you on your idea. And that's really going to mean um, that we see less special interest type legislation, less really local interest type legislation, and much, much less of what we've seen occasionally through Alaska's history where one region of the state grabs from others. The legislature begins its session on Tuesday. The Juno Chamber of Commerce luncheon returned after holiday break with its first speaker of the new year, Lainey Downs, Senior Director of Community Relations and Public Affairs for Cruise Lines International Association. She gave a background on their mission.
3: We're at Cruise Lines International Association. We're a global industry and we visit over a thousand ports worldwide. We have 50 cruise lines. 278 ships and about 30 million cruisers who cruise every year on our vessels. Alaska, typically in a final um, year, we represent about 5% of the market.
0: The association brings about 99% of passengers up to Alaska. 75% of the global cruise fleet is capable of using sustainable marine fuels once available at scale. Downs addresses environmental concerns.
3: Environmental impact matters, and we're increasing the number of LNG ships, the number of ships equipped with wastewater treatment systems, the ships equipped with exhaust gas cleaning systems, and also increasing the number of ships equipped with shoreside power. Here in Juneau, you guys were at the forefront of that. Continue to see that expanded ports worldwide, but still has a long way to go. But we continue to support that, of course, where it's feasible, including additional shoreside electricity here in Juneau air lubrication system, so that will reduce drag and it saves on fuel consumption. We have advanced wastewater purification systems on board. We've got energy efficient engines that consume less fuel and reduce emissions. These special paint coatings helps reduce fuel consumption as well.
0: She continued with a review of the 2022 season.
3: We had capacity for 1.5 million and we got up closer to 1.2. It likely is closer to, to 1.2 million passengers that visited Juno. Ships were about 74% full. We did have some that were nearly full. We had some in the beginning that were less than half, but on average 74% full. Cruise lines are saying that their, their ships are about 90% full or looking to be 90% full in the first quarter of this year. So things are getting back on track.
0: She says Alaska is on track to have a full cruise recovery from the pandemic by mid-summer of 2023.
3: We're looking at a 27-week season, whereas before a full season was 20 to 22 weeks. And you had ships that were only doing 17 or 18 sailings. You have some lines now that are coming in in early April and staying into late October. That adds into those numbers, but it's over a longer season.
0: The winter flu numbers are in high. ABC's Andy Field has details from Washington. The CDC estimated at least 24 million Americans got the flu so far this winter. More than a quarter million sick enough to end up in the hospital, and 16,000 have died. The numbers are up 10% in one week. The flu season started earlier than any time since the government started keeping records a decade ago. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. I'm Ken Smith. From News of the North.